welcome to the Through Our Eyes podcast that is apparently going from strength to strength. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> the podcast is um, something that we do fortnightly-ish um, to um, highlight marginalized creators' stories and and generally talk about the taboos and the topics that people just never really talk about and the ask, ask the, those questions that you're dying to ask but you never end up asking because of various reasons um we are recording um to put it out onto various podcast places so the alerts will be silent um you can submit questions for Vane, um, our guest today, uh, using channel points, if they work, who knows? Uh, <laughs> but I will pass you over to Paige to tell you a little bit more about the Through Our Eyes project as a whole, and then we'll get on with it. Alrighty, hello everybody, although you're probably hearing us a good 40 seconds after we actually say stuff, so it's all a little bit complicated on Twitch right now, it's being a little bit broken, but hi, I'm Paige, or Arthuris. I created the Through Our Eyes streams back in... Where was it? January. Ja Jesus Christ, it's been a long time. Uh, back in January of this year, um, to highlight marginalised communities, all different communities, and to, to learn and to ask those questions that wouldn't normally be asked because they're a little awkward or a little rude or just a little uncomfortable, but if you don't ask you never learn so we created the format to be able to actually talk to people so far we've had four major streams raised i think nearly seven thousand dollars for charity in total so far uh, over the last eight months which has been absolutely wonderful and we do have another th three or four streams coming up this year uh, four more big ones uh, the next one will be marginalized genders in september and in october i will be looking to put together an offshoot so it's a, a through our eyes not for a marginalized community but for a uh well for a community that receives a lot of flack so i'll be speaking to game developers and specifically marginalized game developers about the kind of harassment that a lot of us have or will face and what we can do to uh to work on that in the future but yes it's been wonderful so far, and we've done many, many podcasts. Unfortunately, I couldn't be on the last one, as uh, a lot of things went wrong <laughs> that week. Everything went a bit fuck up. But I'm back now, and I am very excited to talk to Vane. Hi. <laughs> so, today we have Vane Pain. Hello, hello. Hey. Um, hey. Would you like to oh, hey introduce up. yourself? <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where people can find you, pronouns, such forth. Okay, well, I am Vane Payne. Uh, I go by many names, uh, one of them being the Harbinger of Chaos, which I think Paige granted me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, why, why does it not surprise me the the kind of layout's not working? Chaos. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, in all seriousness, um, uh, you can find me at Vane Payne on Twitch. Um, same on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I really need to get my finger out of my bomb hole for other socials, but I'm an old lady and I have I have many kind of like things to do and not enough spoons, so I'll get there <laughs> in the end. Um, but it's it's all on the to-do list. Um uh as for um pronouns, I am she her. Um uh 
what else do we need to know? I'm just kind of like, my brain is lit. I'm still in work mode. I'm just like, I don't know how to do the talking thing. So who are you? What what do you do on, on Twitch and uh, in other places? Ah, Twitch. Uh, so yeah, Twitch, I'm a variety streamer, but I'm also a mental health advocate. So um, one of those streams I do actually dedicate to uh, mental health safe space. Um, I have no alerts, no camera, nice soothing background, soothing music, and we can literally just sit and talk about mental health or any other kind of like stuff you want to. I've seen the days where we've descended into giggles, innuendos and talking about movies and books. So, you know, anything mm -hmm. goes on a Friday. Um, and outside of uh, Twitch, uh, I, I mostly rant on Twitter these days, I think. I've become a bit of an angry madam since I lost my spoons. <laughs> More so than normal. I'm a bit feisty anyway. Um, so, yeah, I am uh, pretty much uh, someone who will stand their ground for themselves and other people when I have the spoons. And I think that's pretty much what I've been firing ac across my Twitter recently. <laughs> I do. Awesome. Um, I was going to ask something, and then my brain completely left. And don't worry, I got it. I got it. So why do we have you here with us today, Vane? What are we talking about today with you? Yes, I was. <laughs> so right, that's why there's two of us together. We make one working brain most of the time. <laughs> um, so I'm here today. Um, uh, because uh, kind of when you guys initially set up the podcast, I said I'd be quite happy to come and chat about um, uh, bioerasure because I'm a bipan woman. Um and um also about um mental health particularly ptsd which is um what i have alongside depression and generalized anxiety disorder so yeah i thought i'd uh kind of have a gas back to everyone about it and just for um uh clarity's sake what is bioerasia uh, so bioerasia um and this also applies to kind of um pan individuals as well is effectively people um kind of belittling or kind of disregarding um your sexual orientation um uh and it's it's effectively um you know it's very similar to homophobia it's it or by bi can can descend into that and sometimes it is just kind of complete disregard for who you are as an individual as as um to your sexual orientation and lastly what's your cat called uh, mm. That one is Miso. Uh, she doesn't usually cameo on stream, but today she decided she'd have her uh, her fill. Uh, Sushi is up in the penthouse suite, I believe. Yeah, she's up, <laughs> up in the penthouse suite. <laughs> uh, she's also known as Moo Moo or um, uh, Chonky McNuggets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <greedy moose. laughs> Asking the real important questions here. Um... <laughs> right, so first question. Tell us your story. Tell us about your your um, experience. Uh, your um, why it's triggered this this discussion. I I would probably say, particularly from a bisexual bisexual pansexual point of view, um, my experience has been kind of mix um i have to admit um i think that's probably why i was kind of partly keen to discuss that um because 
kind of on the one hand, there are many people who have just accepted me for who I am. They just go, oh, okay, you're bisexual. Oh, you happen to be married to a man. That's fine. Um, and then there's other people that have been quite negative um, in, in that regards. And I think I'd, I'd rather just kind of, um, you know, speak out and kind of point out that, hey, you know, the the and particularly within the LGBT community as well, it's not just outside of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of gatekeeping going on and I'm sorry, but the oppressed should not become the oppressors. Um, so that's kind of my my feelings upon it. Um, we should be, you know, joining um, together to fight people who want to hate us as, as a collective. Why are we having having these infights? Um, it, it confuses me somewhat because for me, if kind of someone says they are who they are, I kind of go, OK, cool. Uh, can Can I ask you? questions or do you want me to go and learn elsewhere you know there's a google um, <laughs> so i just i don't know maybe I, i'm just naive in that regard where i go well i accept people why can't you so so what kind of things do people say either in or out of the of the lgbt plus community what kind of things will you hear with bi erasure just in case anyone goes oh shit i've said that you know uh the first one that kind of comes to mind is spicy straight now that is um, quite grim uh, as a term, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I'm neither straight nor homosexual. I'm, you know, somewhere on the spectrum in between, um, and just kind of like, oh, you're kind of names like, oh, you're spicy straight. Oh, you're um, uh, greedy. Oh, you're you're just you're you're on on the path to being gay. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, it's not snakes and ladders you can't just yay i'm gay now yeah it's like ooh. i mean some people do get kind a of sticker go <laughs> go through kind of like you know their life experiences going am i straight oh no i think i'm bisexual and you know they may end up going out as gay afterwards but that's their journey it's not for anyone else to decide or, or label or pigeonhole so yeah but yeah spicy straight Ugh. <laughs> So a lot of it is just people essentially saying it's either, you know, it's either a stepping stone to finishing a journey when actually, no, it can just be the journey itself or just because a lot of the things I hear because I, I identify as pansexual, but for a lot of my life, I identify as bi. And the mm. one thing I always heard was just sort of like, oh, you're just you're just greedy or it's yeah, like, oh, you you're not monogamous, you just cheat, don't you? It's like, that's yep. not... You, you've work. got me pegged. Uh, it's just like... <laughs> Mine's, uh, you just can't decide. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, that's another one. You're, you're a fence city, you're just waiting until you realise the truth. And it's yeah. like... Yeah. You just need good dick. Uh, mm. Yes, please show me the way. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, Do you know honestly, where I can I find one? Because that. it's definitely not with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm bi. I'm happy with good dick or good pussy. Any of it's fine. Like, yeah. Like, uh, for, for me, it's, uh, I remember kind of like being asked by someone, it's kind of like, oh, what's, what's the thing for you? What's the attraction? I just kind of went, the person. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's not, I, I just like, mm, I, why, why, why does it have to be? One in all the other end of the spectrum, why can't it be somewhere in between? So... <laughs> what, um, what was your experience when you first realised that you were bi-pan? 
I was probably somewhat closeted initially, got to admit. Um, uh, I mean, I didn't come out to my mother until I was about 27. And I'm 35 in a couple of weeks. So it's just like, um, but I, I probably didn't realize till I was about 16 or so. Because um, at one point, I, I, pr I, I honestly thought I must have been ace um, up until I was about 14. And then I suddenly went, oh, hang on a minute. There is, you know, I, 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 I've, I, I've said this before, I think, on uh, the other three hours. Uh, pod, uh, not podcast, the event where I was kind of like, who is who is this beautiful specimen of a man? And then, like, yeah, a couple of years later, I was just like, hang on. It's <laughs> 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 just like, um, so yeah, I think I was kind of fairly closeted for a little while. Um, and then uh, I went to uni and kind of started to meet other people in the LGBT community. Um, uh, joined my uni's um, LGBT society and kind of started to learn a bit more about kind of like you know who who they are as people and how they kind of have had navigated their lives up to that point and then kind of like exploring more about myself as well so yeah I, I would probably say I was a late bloomer um but you know we don't all necessarily kind of come out the gate as hormonal teenagers going yes this is me um so <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that was similar a similar experience for for myself like it wasn't until um uni that i would admit to it but that's a different situation but it was it's i think it's that experience of being exposed to um a wider range of people mm. that tends to create a environment for um, people to feel like they can actually embrace their feelings or explore their feelings and uh, um, express themselves a bit better. Yeah, and um, I, I know kind of like, um, not necessarily for myself, because um, I was actually quite independent from uh, my my mother anyway. Um, I, I left home kind of like when I was 17. So um, for me, I didn't necessarily have kind of like the about the boundaries of kind of you know wondering what my family would think or kind of being scared to come out to my family in that sense but more um as you say being exposed to the people you know where i'm from originally um I, it's quite a, a small town mentality so kind of like i had to go to a city to kind of like find new new minds to kind of you know go oh hang on a minute you don't have to be you know this this way you you can actually be the Oh, there are now many many options in which for me to explore who I am. So yeah, it was it's it's quite an eye opener going from a small town to a city um, uni. But you know, I wouldn't have had it any, any other way. So your experience with um, meeting um, a wider LGBTQIA community was a positive one. Mm -hmm. um, yes, to to a point. Um, there were some kind of like underlying politics initially when i first joined um to, even to the point where there was a very um kind of visible split between um kind of uh people who presented as femme and people who presented as, as masculine um and i was the odd one out who would go and sit with the masculine people <laughs> and then just kind of go i was like this is strange. Luckily, things did change, but I was just kind of like, "What? What's this about?" And they were like, "Oh, don't don't get involved with 
with the politics over there, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was, I think that was my first taste of kind of, of understanding pol politics within the LGBTQIA plus community as well. I was kind of like, what, why is, why is everyone separate? I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, we're, we're supposed to be, a, you know, a rainbow family. What's this? So I was just, I was like, I was very confused. <laughs> so when it came to, um, experience of, um, by erasure, uh, um, and that, um experience where did that come from for you actually initially it was um joining that society um, um weirdly enough um and so i actually remember it quite vividly so again because there was kind of a very visible gender divide um i remember kind of like we all met at the initial meeting point and we were walking down to kind of go and have a social and i just remember the entire time walking down um uh i just constantly got from the group of lesbians that i was walking with how bi women can't be trusted you know we're disease spreaders we're kind of like this we're that and i li i literally kind of like i had a person either side of me and i, I was just like I, I literally can't tell you who i am you've literally just called me everything and that was really upsetting i was just like and this is why I hang with the boys, <laughs> because of this. <laughs> that was my first proper experience of hanging hanging with them, and they literally erased me before my very eyes, because they just presumed I was a lesbian. Right. So, going on from that, um, what have been your other experiences um, with various groups throughout your uh, life since that i i think that was probably like for me directly aimed at me my my lowest point in terms of um erasure i think kind of like after that point i was like right okay there are certain individuals i will keep myself distance from but i won't let it completely cloud my judgment of everyone um uh as a, as i kind of said before it's it, it's been a bit mixed because first kind of for some people it would just be kind of like you would you know you'd sit down you'd have a chat and then you kind of get to the conversation of oh so what's your orientation and i was just i literally just sit there and I, i'd go guess because no one would i would either be pigeonholed into the straight box or the lesbian box i was never anywhere any any other option to anyone else and i was just like that's why i just play the game and it was like oh you're straight oh you're a lesbian and when i go i'm neither they're like huh it's like i'm like you know, at the time I was in a relationship with a man, they're like, oh, so you just like men then? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Am I just like this <laughs> one right now? Like, yeah, this is the one for me now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else can go away. Um, but yeah, I think time has kind of progressed a little bit. Um, people are becoming a lot more aware of kind of like, things around them people around them and kind of acknowledge acknowledging um other people's orientation rather than presuming um but yeah i i wouldn't say we're we're necessarily quite there um so but maybe i'm a little bit more hmm, i don't want to say abrasive when it comes to people kind of like chatting shit about it but i will just clap back immediately and i don't i try not to let it phase me anymore 
So I tend not to notice it as much nowadays, if that makes sense. Because I am immediately just like, oh no, no, none of this shit. <laughs> We're not having that today. <laughs> it reminds me that the uh, the TV show The Boys actually did, uh, it didn't tackle by Erasure, but it did actually bring it up in one of the episodes, which I thought yes. was quite good. Because uh, one of the characters there is bisexual, uh, but when that got leaked to the public and could affect her image, they said that she was a strong, proud lesbian because it yeah. reflected the masculine and feminine sides of a relationship. So they made one of them dress very feminine and made one of them dress very masculine to, because they were like, oh, the more straight it looks, the more acceptable it is. And it's like, that's, oh my God. I mean, they've hit the nail on the head of why some people have a problem with it. Mm. But yeah, I, cool. I completely uh, forgot because, because I mean, we all know I have a brain like a sieve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that whole kind of um, that that story arc with with Maven and Maven's partner, yeah, mm -hmm. that that was quite interesting actually. Um, and I also quite um, thinking along a similar vein actually um, was quite happy with the um, uh, subtle. Um, I, I hope most people have seen Loki before. I mentioned the subtle drop in about bisexuality in Loki. I haven't seen it yet, but it's pretty much impossible to escape from. Plus, I mean, let's face it. In mythology, Loki had a fucking tug-of-war game with his penis and a goat, so whatever Loki goes for does not surprise me. <laughs> at all. I mean, to be fair, Loki is pretty much the embodiment of of all of that in just general. Sex, just sexuality in general. Yeah. Wherever I mean, they want to go. If there was done. a god that uh, um, all bisexual and pan people would uh, um, uh, uh, look up to, it would be Loki. Uh, <laughs> Because that was basically Loki's uh, mythos. It was fluid and and. <laughs> I just got hiccups. Sorry. <laughs> there's a there's another Norse mythology story where Thor's hammer gets stolen, and they need to go and get it back from the people that took it. Uh, and so they 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 dress up both Thor and Loki as women. But Thor was just Thor in a dress, and Loki is obviously able to shift, and so became a very beautiful woman, and they both went, and uh, apparently it still worked, because uh, they got the hammer back and beat everyone else to death. But the fact <laughs> that Loki has always been very sort of gender-fluid and like very fluid with sexuality in all of the stories, and I don't think it was ever mocked or anything like that. It was a bit more of a, oh, that Loki... You know, always doing random shit and you know becoming a woman for a day because they they felt like it. And it's like mm. there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it was just quite nice, um, particularly for from a kind of like mainstream Marvel Disney perspective for that to actually have been included. Um, but it's, it, it I I did then engage in a bit of a kind of argument with idiots on on Twitter, funnily enough, um, about this. Um, to which I was labelled a misandrist, which I was just like, oh, yeah, clearly I hate my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, so you don't like people having representation? Please go away. <laughs> yeah. So, with this in mind, um, and the fact that, I mean, from from my experience personally, and I'm pretty sure from uh, both of yours, uh, um, it's still an issue. It's still a massive issue. Um, Bioresia is is, is uh, common in both straight and uh, LGBT uh, uh, groups, and um, we're quite often 
subject to it and the assumptions that go along with it. What um, do you think can be done to make moves towards change? Uh, yeah, well, that's like the hundred pound question. I mean, first and foremost, talking about it. Um, uh, I think we we can only really kind of enlighten people to kind of our experiences by talking about them. Um, otherwise, I'll I'm not kind of totally sure off the top of my head because you you know to talk to people you have to have people who are willing to engage. Um, but how do you educate people who don't want to learn? I think is kind of my my real question. Um, I think so. you put it in the media they consume. It's probably one of the easiest ways to do it is start drip feeding it and just keep putting it in until it, because there's been a lot of things over the years, you know, from TV shows, just, you know, people had problems with there being colour TV shows when it used to be black and white because it was a radical change. Like, but eventually everyone got used to it and now nobody gives a shit for black and white TV, you know, well, majority wise. But I think it's a similar idea. A lot of the people that don't really want to know or don't really want to care probably would understand a little bit more if it was sort of just in their media and once they got over their fake outrage about it then it would just be there and they could they could just see it or they couldn't but that's it's really what's up making to them. all of the children gay no the fact oh, they aren't yeah. being murdered for being gay anymore is uh what's making the children no actually they were already gay now they can just talk about it publicly i had this chat with my dad the other day actually because uh my my dad is thinks very much like me and agrees with a lot of things. So we were just talking about it. It's just like the the reason we keep seeing things as so much darker and, and and things like so much more radical than they are is because we can hear about news so much faster. It used to take weeks yeah. to get a fucking pigeon from one side of the earth to the other side with a letter that said we need you, and it's like oh that was two weeks ago. Fuck it. Like. Now, if somebody stubs their foot in Egypt, I can hear about it three seconds later on Twitter in England. Like, uh, we can find out these things so much more. But it also has come along with a lot more stories of, you know, other people and a lot more understanding that there are other people in the world and a lot more people like you. Like, the phrase one in a million sounds like a lot, but then you think there's 7.7 .7 billion people in the world and suddenly that's not so many people different than you. Mm. Think... Oh. It's oh oh that was a glitch Twitch on, on your... Twitch is twitching. Is it? Twitch is twitching. I don't know what's going on here, but uh that was I thought yeah, it might to be me, that was just you. Weird. Woo, that's okay. That's alright. I probably went funny in my brain anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the, the the amount of information we can get across very quickly is both a blessing and a curse in terms of finding more people like us, but also finding more people that hate that. Yeah. <laughs> but perhaps using that to actually just keep pushing it in front of people's faces until it's not a surprise anymore is a good thing to do. Like, Loki got some flack for not making it a far more bold in your face, here is a bi or pansexual person, but maybe actually drip feeding it and then growing out next season and having a more explicit storyline is a better way to sort of sort of just immerse people gently before they start freaking out anything to add babe? 
I was just going to say, kind of like, um, in in terms of like, say, like the the Loki piece with with Marvel, um, it's kind of neither, at least for me, it was neither here nor there. Whether it was kind of over or covert, um, I I, I was just quite happy that it was there, um, and that um, Kate Heron, the director, um, she also kind of went well. You know, I wanted it in because I am by myself. Um, for me, that was kind of quite nice as a bisexual person um mm. but then i you, you're not going to please all of the people all the time and i know some people are going to go it didn't go far enough but it's like he doesn't need to be necessarily screwing someone on you know on the floor or whatever <laughs> for it to be I, mean, like, I don't yeah. think anyone would complain with uh no i don't think they would. <laughs> but still you know what i mean just kind of like it doesn't always need to be kind of very gratuitous in your face for it to still have yeah. some impact but that's the, the key isn't it is representation is something that a lot of uh, uh especially in the lgbtqia um and uh, disabled communities uh, having representation is something that it it can be it can't it doesn't have to be majorly ott in your face kind of uh, um uh, uh representation it just needs to be there because mm. it doesn't have to be even the main story or the like it, it can be mentioned in passing it's a it just it's just there it, it it's recognizing that these these individuals are real people and exist and it's everyone in a a world or a universe created for these media uh um uh, is forms is not just one type of person all the way through um what do you mean i thought that was meant to be the perfect re representation of cishet white males oh yeah sorry um <laughs> uh, it's, i i i i forgot the only consumers our... of media how dare you <laughs> honestly i oh just stop making all your teams look like copy pastes of each other Mm -hmm. just inject just a little bit of different in there and the people that make the argument of oh well they chose the best people for the job it's like mm, uh, no you yeah, just didn't I, look they... enough i saw that <laughs> yeah. yesterday and i was just like d d d no and i, I, I understand that yes those people are probably very good but you obviously didn't look far enough afield to actually find anyone else and yeah no you don't want to say hmm our targets say we need one person with a vagina let's go find them but Actually, if your team has nobody with a vagina or anything, maybe you should go looking. Maybe it is okay to actually tick some boxes, as it were, if you're actually making sure that those people are represented. Maybe if that's where you need to start, that's where you need to start. But you have I'm to. Sorry, now I have this image of someone in an interview going, Excuse me, could, could you just show us your vagina, please? And it's just like, Excuse me, bye. That's <laughs> what you're casting for, really. The thing is, one of the things that annoys me as someone who is looking for that kind of representation in the, the sense of that I want to see um, strong um, femme presenting uh, people in, in my industry, in science, in, in media, um, in main storylines. Um, I want to see disabled people in those storylines. I want to see LGBTQIA people in those storylines. It annoys the hell out of me that to get there, our our entire premise is 
we have a certain percentage quota to fill and we must tick these boxes um mm -hmm. do you have this the only reason we're hiring you is because you are gay uh <laughs> it's exactly like my my point about ticking boxes isn't just just find those people it's like it's like if you've just got white cishet people maybe actually look for a different kind of person and then see if they fit your job don't just hire that person because they fit the job and it's easy like yes you do sometimes have to go looking for the type of person you want and you will find them if you actually bloody look you shouldn't just be hiring people just because they fit your diversity quota yeah, it's it, yeah. in in that respect. It's definitely unconscious bias heavily at play. Mm. So, you see something that came up uh, last podcast that um, I feel really uh, hits the nail on the head is um, the point of the reason that there's not a lot of diversity, for example, in like the game industry and similar uh, um, uh, industries, is because a lot of um those um marginalized uh groups actually eliminate themselves from the applications they've not got the same um uh confidence that a uh, straight uh, het, uh, uh male uh, has got when looking at applications so they will yeah. go here's four points i only tick two of them i won't apply while the others will go i've only got two of them that's enough Oh, the, oh, to have the bollocks of a, a cis-het white man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did actually apply that recently to two applications um, before I, I was just like, right, no, they do this. I'm going to give it a go. And lo and behold, you know, in my day job, I got a promotion. So I was just like, right, awesome. Yeah, and it's definitely off uh, a little bit off topic for, for you know, bi-erasure and what we're talking about. But the amount of people that will have their, like, uh, like applications thrown out because they have a non-white sounding name and things like that and the minute they change it to just be like jack smith media interviews it's just like what the f that isn't even unconscious bias that's just bias yeah that that's full bias um that is just bias and the people that require like photos sent it's like uh excuse no. me i'm trying to work on a computer you don't need my picture i know there's a fucking like um i don't even remember uh hollister in the city where i live and they require you to send a photo to make sure you're like pretty enough to work at the front. And if not, you are made to work warehouse. Um, so yeah, they will judge you on your size, weight, uh, bust, and like smile without any of your other qualifications first. And if you do not make it, you have to work at night shift or in the warehouse. And that goes for Abercrombie and Fitch in the UK, US as well. Yeah, they uh, both those brands are on? linked. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Abercrombie owns Hollister. But yeah, Jesus that was Christ. it. Honestly, but, um, they 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 really should not be hiring on that grounds because the CEO would have been fired instantly. Jesus Christ! I can but, I can kind of understand um, the application of that uh, in the sense of um, we're looking for a specific type of person that is um, uh, someone who is actually going to wear our stuff or you know use our stuff or is like you know. A horse yeah. racer or a cricketer or I don't know. I don't know who who wears Abercrombie and Fitch at this point. But it, you know what I mean? Uh, like a sporty like kind of person. I can understand if they were going for that. But the idea that you're being judged on your looks. The thing is, I don't even understand that because 
you're just saying that we don't have any accessible sizes we don't allow any accessibility like you you got a wheelchair fuck off like you know you have to be a supermodel to stack fucking shelves to like be folding t-shirts out on the shop floor you need to have passed an appearance check and i only know this because somebody i worked with at game when i worked there used to be one of their warehouse stackers because he wasn't cute enough to work the shop floor wow yeah Anyway, we're going a bit <laughs> off topic here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. So, what do you wish others knew about bioerasure and how it affects mental health? Um, just, yeah, literally how, how it affects people's mental health. Like, how, how would, you know, you as an individual want to feel if someone basically minimized who you are as a person how do you think it would make you feel pretty shitty right you know you feel pretty shitty your brain pixies as i tend to term it that's a phrase i stole by the way um <laughs> uh like you know your brain pixies then start having a party and just going yeah everyone thinks negative shit about you this is great oh we're gonna catastrophize everything um so then you end up in a bit of a mental shithole and feeling like you need to be a bed burrito for however many days until you finally find the spoon to pick your ass back up again. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I'm probably old enough and ugly enough and have been through sufficient enough shit to be able to bat that off um, a little bit better than um, others may. Um, but that's just because, as I kind of said before, I'm a bit of a feisty little thing. If I have the spoons, I'll, I'll bite back and tell people to sod off. Um, but as a whole, you know, it's, it's not nice to be basically told in, you know, in my eyes, you don't exist. So, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the end of the day. That's all anyone's trying to get to really is a point mm. where they don't get made to feel inferior and shit and have mental health issues develop from years of being told that they're not acceptable it's because that's that is what it boils down to it's a it's a lack of acceptance for who you are but yeah. what makes someone who is bi or pan any less accepted than someone who is you know fits within a neat box we have our own box. We just tend to bounce around the sides a lot. <laughs> I do wonder if it maybe comes, some of it comes from sort of fetishization and the, the porn industry where, you know, it's seen as, uh, and I use this with big air quotes, exotic to be bisexual, you know, because you yeah, can have... Yeah, that, that's another you... one as well. You do it just to turn men on. It's like, mm-hmm, yep, that's, that's how I like to live my life. I just want to turn all of the straight men's on. Mm. <laughs> yes while i'm with this really attractive young lady uh, uh i'm totally mm -hmm. thinking about your dick mm. <laughs> yes of which you only have one and there's two of us so try and figure that out would you? Uh. <laughs> like honestly it's, it's i get how it's exciting but it's exciting to a 15 year old you know like like, oh, I could have two women that kind of want to kiss each other. Like, sure, that, that's cute. Like, oh, you know, if that's what you want to do, you're nice, you'll get... Oh, unfortunately, Paige has uh, uh, 
snapped out there. Uh, yeah, uh, mid rant. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, my my, my internet died. Oh, it's talking about pornography. It's... Well. <laughs> So anyway, uh, how about that porn? Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, while, while Paige um, sorts out internet issues, um, what else? we will move on to just try to stabilize the internet. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's one of those days. It is one of those days. <laughs> yes. I wonder whether it's a scenario of having your cake and eating it where people who are by aren't seen as legit because it, it's like, but you're with someone of the opposite gender. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I know from my experience that a lot of the assumptions have been based around um, uh, kind of that feeling that i'm just greedy and wanting to to have everything and that one person isn't enough for me and and it's like well a you shouldn't be shaming people for um uh polyamory that's that's their choice um that's nothing to do with you know you or <laughs> your your uh, opinions of whether or not it is right and proper to have a uh, um uh, two people in a relationship and one of them is a man and one of them is a woman uh yeah i i think kind of um yeah the 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 concept of um bisexuality and pansexuality usually does get conflated with uh ethical non-monogamy and polyamory and if you know consenting adults conduct their relationship in that manner that's their choice it's no one else's business um just because people happen to be bisexual pansexual does not mean that they cannot be monogamous i think that's the other thing that really pees me off is that literally the assumption is so you like sleep around a lot no <laughs> it's like <laughs> what part of i'm in a monogamous relationship are you not understanding yeah. Just because, you know, I happen to be attracted to other people as well. It's like, oh no, I cannot use my eyeballs. Well, it's the same. I mean, no one would uh, bat an eyelid if it was a uh, straight white uh, male uh, um, looking at uh, other women during it while they're in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. But the idea that uh, other people have attraction... <laughs> God forbid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, w one dick has got to be enough for uh, for everyone, right? <laughs> Sorry, I my mean, brain went elsewhere. It's just like, let's not. No, no, stop, brain, brain. Not today. Sorry, I was I was going straight there, so it's all good. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was gonna say you got more than one hole. <laughs> How many orify orifices? Um. <laughs> Yeah, so there is that um, um, assumption that bi-pansexuality comes along with um, unfaithfulness, um, 
polyamory, um, uh, a, a love for threesomes. Um, yes, apparently. I mean, you know, in my ne nearly 35 years, I have not experienced one, but here we are. Apparently, can't get enough. <laughs> the problem is, is that you haven't been putting out enough applications. I, I God damn it. <laughs> yes. That's where I've gone wrong. Yes, with the metaphorical bollocks, uh, bollocks of a, uh, a cis white man, of course. Yes. You need to just say that you've had um, just, you know, five partners at once, you know, all of them at the same. You need to just lie on your application, just, you know, really send it up. Well, what's the new, new thing on dating apps now? Looking for unicorn? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's been there Don't for a watch while. Blade Runner, fuck that's... off. <laughs> 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 to be fair, that is that has been a thing for a very long time. Oh right, okay. Um, I just like because I've never come across it before until someone mentioned it to um, me. And I'm just like unicorn. Very, very often, um, looking for a unicorn is is advertising for uh, uh, a, uh, a additional partner. An additional partner that is willing to uh, uh, partake in uh, um, both partners. Um, a, into a monogamous couple <laughs> otherwise. Sorry, I've just said who is looking for Scotland's national animal? Apparently a lot of people. <laughs> um, but to be fair, on, on a sl very slight tangent in association with this, um, I, 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 I'm going to tell a story while uh, um, we try and while away time for Paige to sort her stuff out. Um, so, oh, Sorry, I don't think my camera's coming back at the minute. Essentially, my internet service provider is having like hundreds of reports of just not working. Oh, uh, okay. But I seem to be a lot more steady just using audio. So, okay. You'll cool. just have to look at this tiny picture of me instead. Well, I'm going to tell a story anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> my first um, uh, same sex um, uh, relationship actually was the result of me going, fuck it. I'm going to apply white guy logic and confidence. Like the reason that I ended up having that opportunity was because I did exactly what a straight white guy would have done. And although, I mean, I'd, I'd waited years and never had any, any interest whatsoever and the only reason I got there was because I, I I did use the having the bollocks of a white straight guy. Okay. <laughs> did you give them back when you were done? No, I, I mounted them on my wall. There you go. <laughs> just like a really really sad fucking puppy, just one of those ones with the giant jowls. <laughs> Bulldog. That's the one. <laughs> Oh god. Anyway, so moving more onto the mental health side of things. Um mm. now tell us about your experience with mental health and you mentioned PTSD. Um what's your story with that? Uh so PTSD um <clears throat> excuse me has probably always been my underlying diagnosis, but I didn't know that for certain until um, I actually had, I forget, psycho psychologist or psychiatrist, which of the two basically just went, this is, yeah, yeah, you, you do, you, you have the thing. Um, so kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to go into great detail as to 
why I have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, but I do come under uh, what's known as complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So I don't have one kind of singular life event that has caused it. Um, I've kind of had lots of things occur over time. And then basically I had one incident that just, you know, was a straw that broke the camel's back and then my brain just went. That was it. Um, uh, but yeah, I basically had a bit of a shitty childhood um, and I was quite depressed. Um, and just as a trigger warning um, right now, I was um, quite suicidal as well at around about between 14 and 16. Um, thankfully, I don't have any ideation anymore. Um, that's, you know, something that I've been quite fortunate with. Um, but yeah, kind of depression led into anxiety. Um, and over the years, I've had multiple iterations of kind of counselling, um, CBT therapy, um, and kind of also because, um, particularly as a student, if you move from area, you end up coming, potentially coming under different um, kind of like care areas um, in the UK under the NHS. So then you're transferred out of one referral. You then have to go and apply for another. And just I didn't end up kind of having um, psychotherapy and things. Um, and then when I was at uni, basically, um, it was my housemate um, at the time who was very abusive um, very manipulative and um, uh, quite often gaslit me and all sorts, um, which was what kind of tipped me over the edge finally. Um, so, yeah, eventually kind of like I, I moved down to, to London where I am now. Um, and I was it was actually my, my CBT therapist at that time. Um, and... I was quite lucky. I had quite a good bond with him. Um, now, I, I will say this just for people who uh, have never had therapy before or are struggling with a therapist. Um, if you're finding that the therapist is not working for you, by all means, ask for a new one. If you don't gel with them, you don't gel with them. You're not necessarily going to actually get anything out of the treatment. Um, and it's nothing personal. It's a professional thing. You're there to receive a treatment. You need the individual who will help you, you know, have that treatment effectively. Um, so, yeah, I had quite a good relationship with the CBT therapist. He actually kind of went, CBT is only going to help you so far. I actually think you've got PTSD. So when we've finished these sessions, go back to your GP and tell your GP that you need referral for um, psychotherapy. Um, but you need the... Um, you need them to diagnose you with the PTSD. I can't give you an official diagnosis, but this is my suspicion. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, if it wasn't for him um, and me taking his advice on board, I probably would still have just been thinking, do I have PTSD? Because the misconception with PTSD is that people think that it's, you know, it's a singular event and it's usually only kind of like um, military um, veterans that get it because, you know, they've been to war zones, they have bullets whizzing past them, explosions. You know, some of them have become, per, you know, permanently disabled because of, um, you know, various injuries that they picked up. Um, and that's probably the one thing that will be a red rag to a bull with me is if someone goes, well, you've never been to a war zone. I'm like, someone actually did it in a Among Us match once and we all voted them off. Oh, God, I remember that. I remember that. I was the imposter. That wasn't the point. The first time I met you and I was like, whoa, that went somewhere. Yeah. So, 
I do um I do actually have memory loss just for context so I'd actually forgotten where I was and when they asked me where I was I was just like I have genuinely forgotten and they were just like why so I was like well I have PTSD I, I forget quite easily mm. and then they were like oh you've never been to a war zone so we were all just like fuck off mm. <laughs> yeah it was quite nice that the entire match did come to the go fuck you dude Get yeah out. literally every just went everyone went no <laughs> it's just like dead face no off they fuck I was just like oh thank you but yeah it's um ptsd and with just mental health in general regardless of what the diagnosis is can be quite challenging because again um it's a lot of people's um assumptions and misconceptions that they try and place upon you rather than trying to learn about how you as an individual navigate this because me with PTSD and someone else with PTSD can have two very um, different uh, ways that our symptoms express themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of similar to to kind of like the bio and panerasia. You know, it's it's everyone kind of making making assumptions and not not listening or being willing to listen in initially that kind of really can can set things off. So. So once you um, had your therapy and stuff, what motivated you towards um, your strong focus in mental health and in your streaming? Like what, what was it that made you want to incorporate that into your, your streaming? Kind of when I first started streaming, I literally kind of went, what is kind of quite a sort of like large portion of my life? Um, you know, what is a large portion of kind of my experiences now? Because I'm I've not finished treatment. Um I'm I'm in the middle of treatment at the moment. Um, which is why my my spoons are up and down. Um uh, I, I can explain more about that, the therapy that I'm, I'm undergoing in a bit. Um, but I did just kind of go, what, you know, how can I help other people understand that they're not alone? You can be a functional human being, regardless of what your mental health is. Um, and it's it's OK to not be OK. You know, you can have your bad days as long as you kind of reach a point where you're able to pick yourself back up. If you're not, then you need to go and get some assistance. Um, uh, and just kind of just trying to have have that space where people feel more comfortable talking about it. Um, because for some people, just hearing the the conversations um, or, or, you know, not even necessarily being active in them, but just the lurking like you know that could probably help them go oh maybe i need to go and have a chat with my doctor um i've had kind of people come into to those streams on occasion who have literally never been to any of my other streams literally they've just come straight in because uh, i've kind of got like the mental health tag or you know a couple of other bits and you know if i can signpost them somewhere to go and get the assistance that they need that in a selfish way that makes me feel better because i know that i've helped someone else help themselves so kind of it's it's a it's a bit of a it, 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 I suppose in a way it is a bit of a give and a take situation, but it, it's for me kind of like feeling 
happy and helpful is me helping other people you know get help and assistance so yeah I, I kind of am struggling to figure out if like Paige wants to jump in at any point. Um, mainly because obviously I can't, I now can't see her. But <laughs> I'm still here. I'm just trying to stop the net. Well, it's it. Well, it's it's Virgin that's freaking out. But I'm good at the moment. Don't worry. Okay. You hear me? Okay. <laughs> well, um. Let me know if you're... <laughs> you're all good, don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so... What would you like others to know about um, uh, mental health, the treatment and, and um, dealing with it day to day, especially as you're going through um, treatment yourself right now? Hmm. So... Where could I, there's, there's so many places I could go with this. Um, I think one thing that's very important for people to know, and some people don't necessarily understand, um, I'll be honest, it took for someone to point this out to me, but having a long-term mental health condition is actually a disability. Now, a lot of people just cons- just see the uh, the concept of disability as, you know, someone who has mobility issues, needs physical assistance and kind of like that, that that also descends in kind of like the, oh, you know, you're only disabled if it's visible type of thing. Um, but it um, for, for those in the UK it is actually defined under the Equality Act 2010. Um, so, yeah, any uh, a long term mental health health condition that um, exists for 12 months or longer is a disability. Um, and it took me um, a few years for me to actually know that and understand it and take that on board because, yeah, I just went, but it's just my brain. So. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, a lot of people I, um, uh, in our position in general um, uh, and especially in, in the Through Our Eyes community um, are uh, um, I feel long term uh, sufferers of, of mental health or chronic illness or whatever it is that ails them in that sense and mm. quite often it's a case of that it, it's taken years and years and years for the knowledge to get to them that yeah this is legitimate this is this is like you know it is actually a disability it's it's something that isn't just your brain being your brain um it's it is genuinely something that you can get help with it is something that you can uh, um seek uh, and and pursue um uh, help with and you are entitled to that help um which i know i know for me that <laughs> i've had i've had mental health issues for my entire life and it's only take it took until you know recently say recently like several years ago for me to actually end up seeking help with it because so often especially in media and and um 
uh, online, it is kind of perpetuated that we're that it's it, it's not acceptable to 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 acknowledge that we yeah. have these issues and put it out it, there. It's almost um kind of like breaking the initial taboo, it's like saying hi you know i have mental health issues is is seen as a bad thing um but you know the the easiest way to kind of explain it is you know if you broke your ankle you wouldn't leave your ankle like unattended and you would seek medical attention why why would you not do that for your mental health issues whether it's kind of you know uh you know, in your noggin uh, or you know physically in the rest of your body it doesn't make any difference you know it still ails you and you can find a suitable way to help yourself heal you may not be cured but that's something that you know as part of your your journey you will need to come to terms with and accept um and that's something I've taken a long time to to learn myself. I will never be cured of mental health problems. I will just have more tools in my arsenal in order to cope with it and, you know, potentially process out the trauma, which then results in my emotional dysregulation. But that doesn't stop you from being you and functional. Mental health, I think, is very interesting um, because although it is less stigmatized now than it used to be, it's now compounded upon by other things that are stigmatized. So uh, I'm thinking mm -hmm. largely of classism. Um, it's a, a lot more, uh, it's a lot less acceptable if you are poor to have ill mental health because that means you're just lazy uh, and you also can't mention it at work because you are easily replaceable and could be fired so you have to keep saying everything's okay but being poor is incredibly fucking stressful when everything around you relies on money and so it makes the marginalized even more marginalized but you'll also find it it's incredibly uh difficult to uh be a black person and live with mental health issues because you'll be painted with a bunch of different brushes and you mm. know you, you'll get the old stigmas of things like violence uh, applied upon you despite them never having been attributed to you before and i've seen this in friends who are diagnosed with mental health issues and it's just like oh no it's just what people are like and it's like that's no that's just racism now and uh, you know ableism it, it gets compounded by so many other things because while mental health itself has become more acceptable and uh john's just said what i was about to say if you are rich or influent influential so you know if you're an actor or a musician or something like musicians are deified if they live with mental health issues especially and it's horrible to say this if they die from them like the amount of people that like, the 27 club is horrible but there's loads of musicians who have died around the age of 27 mm. by suicide because of your mental health and they are deified as gods who died too early and it's like no they were sick and no one would help like i mean those are people Kurt that Cobain didn't... is is a prime yeah. example of this yeah yeah like his entire music demonstrates his struggle with mental health mm -hmm. and the unfortunate result of that has 
been like there's there's like conspiracy theories around it there's mm-hmm. uh, um uh it's glorified it's added to the image it's like i mean being you know basically the embodiment of the grunge uh, um uh, uh movement it, it it's only added and sensationalized it yeah especially yeah, in the I... 90s well, Amy Winehouse as well, one of her most famous songs was Rehab, where she was talking about how she didn't want to go back and how her family was worried about her. And most, mm. you know, the lyrics in that song are just how about how fucked up everything is for her. But it became a, a club bop that 13-year-olds knew. Mm. When, like, her entire life, it was never a secret that she was uh, a drug addict and an alcohol addict. But she was making money, so suddenly it was acceptable. And instead, she died a young woman it just it 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 absolutely baffles me because it then goes along with classism you know these musicians weren't born into rich families as far as i'm aware but as soon as they started making money it became popular for them to be tragic and broken and that's how they had to remain until the point they killed themselves or overdosed accidentally yeah i think that's kind of a double-edged sword particularly say if you're taking um artists into consideration because yeah particularly if they reach a certain level of success, they have kind of people that, you know, take their cut of, um, you know, their their art. Um, so they're, they're being leached upon anyway by people who are taking advantage of their mental health. But then you've also got the glamorization of, oh, ill mental health means that you're more creative. And it's just like, yes, yeah, great. Life is shit. Therefore, I will punt out more art for you to benefit from. Yeah. That, in fact, one of my favourite um, sort of, there's a, a song called uh, Rock and Roll Nerd by Tim Minchin, which is yes. amazing. And it's just talking about this whole background in, you know, he doesn't have anything uh, horrible to say. So he sits there and imagines his wife is dead, but then she comes home and she's ruined it again. And it's, it's you know, it's it's meant to be very funny. Like, it's, he can't brood because his life's actually okay and he doesn't have any mental illnesses. So how's he ever mm. going to succeed? And it's a very good parody song on how the industry does look at artists. And I tell you what, the one that is actually very timely and the one that I fucking have something to say about the minute is is uh, Britney Spears. Fucking hashtag free yeah. Britney. Free yeah. that poor fucking woman. There, Even if she is mentally ill, she needs to be able to choose her own life and even if she's meant to be ill she could as long as she's lucid she can make her own decisions yeah and at the same time even if she isn't if what if she wasn't she wouldn't be as lucid as she is to be able to actually start fighting back against this and the help would be needed this is a woman just being put upon for money by all of her family acting like fucking vultures and it, it and again like yes she legitimately did suffer from a traumatic mental breakdown but she should have got helped not fucking just stole not so dry from. yeah and yeah it's it it makes me really sad to see how certain aspects i think this comes along with bio erasure as well certain aspects of these things have become more acceptable more understood so now we have to pick them apart in other ways mm. yeah like in general um do you think um a lot of uh, our beliefs and stigmas of mental health is in part due to how we um, and the media have sensationalized it in um, 
celebrities and and um musicians partly um but also kind of uh, i did find that some people's assumptions um were based in kind of the opposite side of the media portrayal of mental health problems which was like oh you know someone's kind of created an incident and they've um you know for example kind of stabbed someone or they've been distraught enough whereby they've kind of you know tried to jump in front of a train at a station and things like that it's they the media then paint them as crazy and unstable and it's like no you you're like you have your lows and you kind of have you know you have you have your you're not so okay and you're okay points that doesn't mean that you are completely unstable it means that you've hit a low point where you really need some fucking help um and because of kind of like the way that the more the media portrays kind of like you know normal people the assumption is that you know somehow one day you know someone like myself is just going to lose my shit and go around and, and stab people no i would never dream of doing that no matter how fucking shitty i feel or how broken i may be at that point uh obviously using my own words there um but other people then take that and then assume that of you um or it's like um you know terrorism incidents using the term loosely anyone who's white has mental health problems anyone who's not white is a terrorist oh, you know God. and it's like i'm sorry but no i have mental health problems not at any point am i going to have a very weird agenda whereby i'm going to try and subject people to abject terror that's no. when the attack is premeditated. Like, you don't just suddenly have a Bowie knife in your drawer and be like, ha-ha, I know what I can do with this today. It's, yeah. In, it, Let's go these play. Things, these things... No. And even if you did have an, a mental illness that predisposed you towards violent acts, you need more fucking help before you ever get to that point. Nobody... Mm. Nobody in their, like, own full control right mind is going to actually want to do these things no and actually hurt people and if they do then they should be given a help you can't just say oh fuck them like they should be given help mental health and treatment should be accessible to everyone and then you do mm -hmm. have less of these issues like i'm not going to pretend that mentally ill people have never done anything wrong but if you actually oh, intervene no. and help before you get to that point, you're going to have far less of it. Yeah. I, I, I think kind of like uh, the the ethos of kind of like... Um, uh, so so um, for those, again, that haven't kind of been to therapy before, um, uh, therapists will usually kind of like start um, at least your first session or also with kind of, you know, everything that you say to me is in full confidence. However, if you are a danger to yourself or other people, this is where we get the authorities involved. Um, because then by having that safety point means that you are less likely to, to do anything um, damaging to yourself or other people. So, you know, I... I I don't understand why, for some people, the idea of having mental health issues, even if you're seeking treatment, means that you're suddenly going to swing wildly off off the you know the piece um, when you know when you can have those those parameters put into place, you can actually 
get things sorted and still do it in a safe and controlled manner and have action plans whereby if you hit a low point, you know, we have this plan in place, therefore we will do X, Y, and Z. And if we need to, section you. It's, it's probably also part of this um, assumption that everyone with mental health issues um, is violent. It's very, mm. very specific um, uh, um, disorders or, or health issues that um, tend to cause violent tendencies. It's very rare for the general uh, um, uh, populace of, of people suffering from mental health issues to have violent tendencies. Mm. It's honestly, I, I, I kind of question where this assumption has originated from other than um, the um, uh, morbid obsession with uh, um, serial killers. Um, and how that's always been attributed to to mental health issues. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that kind of um, I, I get quite irritable about um, is the conflation between kind of um, uh, so, uh, so can't do words <laughs> being a sociopath or a psychopath automatically kind of like you know, you have mental health problems, therefore you're automatically associated with these things. No, those can be personality aspects without having mental health problems. They're not necessarily related. I do think some of these issues come from the romanticized romanticization of uh, of mental health and also the, the historical misunderstanding. Um mm. Because I was just trying to think, like, what's one of the earliest things that I can remember, like, reading or seeing that dealt with mental health? And I think it was probably To Kill a Mockingbird, um, where the character of Boo mm. Radley, um, who was described as having a childlike mind, basically. So it sounded like he had a developmental disorder and didn't mm. really go out in the day much because he was attacked and, you know, harassed by other people. And so it started to become that he was dangerous and he would hurt children and blah, blah. It was like, no, it was completely the other way around. But... This yeah. misunderstanding has led into the idea that mentally ill people hurt other people. And that's why, especially when it comes to more complex uh, mental illnesses and conditions like uh, dissociative identity disorder, I can't think of a single piece of media that portrays a person with DID as nonviolent or as, uh, well, human. The last representation I saw in film was Split, which I thought was a good horror film. But when you actually applied that they used a real illness in it and said that the, uh, you know, the elusive 24th personality was actually a shape-shifting monster, that's, that's, you could have just called it anything else and it would have been far more acceptable. But you had to try and bring real-life psychology and mental health into it. And instead, now you've given the idea that if a person with DID gets pissed off enough, they can rip a child in half. Like, that's not helpful to anybody yeah that that film does kind of give the idea of someone with dead um automatically has an, an alternate that the you know they'll automatically have a violent alt and, and it's it like, annoys, yeah. yeah and it annoys me because i think a lot of what that film portrayed and the actor portraying it did a good job for what i know of, of did like there were there were some you know much younger alters there were some older alters there were different 
people with different sort of views on the world and different ability. And as far as I can understand from some people that I know, that's a good representation. But then they just fucking threw it in that they turn into an actual monster. And it's like, oh, you were so close. You were so close. But if you're going to have somebody be a legitimate chaotic monster, don't give them a real life condition. Don't do that. Yeah. It's like the people trying to justify the Joker because, oh, you know, he was abused. It's like, yeah, what he still did was horrific. Yeah, cool, it makes for an interesting film. But now you're just kind of giving the idea that a person put upon, like, the Joker is suddenly going to shoot three people on a train. Like, no, that's that, that was 40 years of abuse with no treatment and no support. Mm. Yeah. Like, at all. Um... Sorry, I, I was going to ask a question again. It just completely left my mind. Um, right, I was ranting a bit about just film representation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, oh, so it was more along the lines of um, how you um, deal with um, addressing mental health in a public space as an advocate um what kind of um reception you've had of that i'd say as time has moved on the reception tends to improve over time um i think that's just society's understanding of mental health issues as a whole um i'm really just upfront um honest and frank about it um i i don't i don't try and make people uncomfortable but i know that people might feel uncomfortable with the conversations that i'm having but i don't want to sound kind of like um uncaring um when i say i'm not here to mollycoddle of the people's feelings um they're I've always kind of said progress isn't made through comfortable conversations. Um, so if I make you feel uncomfortable by being open about my mental health, that's on you to go away and process. Um, and obviously, I don't mean that in the sense of um, trying to upset anyone or trigger anyone. I just mean kind of like, you know, someone who genuinely has no idea of, you know, ill mental health. Um, and is genuinely curious because then when I answer some of their questions, they kind of go, oh, and I'm like, yeah, this is the reality of living with it. And this is the extra pressure that I put on myself to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite frank about it, um, you know, on stream, online, uh, in, in person with, with friends. And I'm quite frank with my colleagues in my day job. Um, I have noticed, particularly since I started um, the EMDR therapy, I've gotten more forgetful. Um, now I have, um, it, it's kind of been a recent thing that I've gone, oh, okay, so forgetfulness is actually part and parcel of it. It's not just, you know, um, I have to admit sometimes I'm quite mean to myself and I'm just like, oh, so it's not just me being thick. Um, uh, it is genuinely kind of like an outward um, symptom of everything that's going on um so yeah i've actually started telling my colleagues like i'm really forgetful and it's because i've got ptsd and they're like oh 
<laughs> I just there is literally nothing else I can say. If you're going to get irritated with me emailing you the same thing two or three times because I've forgotten that I've done it or forgetting to do something, I'm going to explain to you why I've not done it. Um, and literally, I just have to go. You know, if you need to, please remind me. Um, I won't be offended if you have to remind me. I sometimes need that assistance. Um, so yeah, a lot of people have been been fairly receptive. Um, but I think also because um, I, I deliver a lot of kind of things with a sense of humour, um, a, a lot of pe people just tend to giggle along with me um, <laughs> rather than at me. I hope it's not at me. Um, <laughs> Don't let but, Brian yeah. tell you it's at you. Okay, just no. <laughs> no, uh, Brian. Not today, Brian not today. Um, Brian can fuck off. Um, uh, so yeah, for, for anyone that isn't aware, Brian is also the other thing that you refer to as your brain, um, because Brian is a dick. Brian needs to shut up. Brian needs to stop telling you all of the mean things, and he can get in the fucking bin. There was a film, um, a Pixar film that's recently come out. Um, I can't remember the actual name of the film though, but basically, was, like, was it Inside Out? No, uh, it was. Like fish people, Luca. Yeah. Okay, I've not seen that yet. Um, one of the things that um they say is um um, uh, Silencio Bruno. Silencio ah. Bruno. Uh, it's basically stop listening to the brain, start listening to everything else. Um. Which I thought was a absolutely amazing, like, salute to that whole Brian is being a dick. Because <laughs> I haven't watched it, yet. I haven't, haven't, haven't noted that. So yeah, I'll, uh, uh, it's on the to watch list. I'll, uh, I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Right. Um, have you experienced any um, um, hate or stigma? Um, for your um, mental health advocacy in a public space? Not to my face, but I'd like to see someone try. <laughs> <laughs> not, that I'm, not that I'm mean about it or anything, but um, yeah, I think mostly I just get people who kind of look surprised or kind of uncomfortable and they just walk away. Um, if it's been in a physical um, space, online, um, Again, like, why am I going to pay attention to Egypts who, you know, think that trolling is a sport? Um, I, I just, I have no interest in those people if they tried to target me. Um, like, well done. Do you want a cookie? Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the whole, generally, it's it's quite well well received. Um, you know, no no one has directly targeted me yet. With a particular opinion, but never say never. And the last question that I've got um, prepared is um, how do you um, support yourself through your mental health journey? What, what tools and things do you have that you would recommend to others that isn't obviously therapy? 
So this is where I admit I'm probably better at advising other people than I am at following my own advice. Um, <laughs> um, but for me, it's kind of, it's assessing how I feel at that point in time, because sometimes you can kind of um, deal with kind of like a, a dip or whatever. And, you know, you can turn it around by the end of the day. It's, it, it's you know, you're back on the up and that was just a small blip. And then there's other times where it will last for days on end. Um, so for me, it's really it's really about assessing kind of how I'm feeling at that point in time and trying to deploy um, the what I feel is the appropriate coping technique. So if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed with work, say, um, or, you know, or even streaming, um, I'll just literally go, right, taking a step out for a bit. You know, I'm going to go, you know, ca cancel stream or just step away from work for half an hour. Go do something different because kind of mentally, it, there are times when you can push yourself and there are times where you can't and only you can assess that. Um, and when you're at that point, then you know yourself well enough. You you can judge whether you, what you can and can't do at that point. Um, so for me, yeah, usually I'll just yeah take myself off, go do something. Um, kind of like with work, I've got like I've literally got like a stack of coloring books to to my right hand side. Um, uh, I've got my knitting somewhere as well. Um, so I kind of like do do little kind of like uh, crafty mindfulness things. Um, or um, another thing I find um, quite helpful is. Um, uh spotify playlist but of kind of like white noise um so kind of like your bird sounds your rain noises your sea noises that sort of stuff um because um that again when you're feeling kind of overloaded can be quite calming um i, I sometimes use it to focus for work as well um even if i'm not kind of in the middle of you know a meltdown or or, or a bad day um but then there are other days where you like I'll wake up and I'll just go, oh, hell no. And I, I will just, you know, be like, right, today is, is a bed burrito day. You know, if it if it's a working day, I'll just message my boss and just go, I'm really sorry, but today's not happening. And just explain kind of what's led to that um, uh, and what have you. So it's, yeah, I, I feel like I've kind of got, for me personally, I've got quite a lot of tools. And I will kind of say to people, if you find this helpful or you might find this helpful, maybe give this a try in this circumstance. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of which do you pick on on that day at any given point? <laughs> Sorry, that sounds completely useless. I know. <laughs> no, you gave examples of what you use. That's really what I'm trying to get at is the fact that it's going to be unique to each individual as to what it is that they find um calming relaxing and removes them from the current situation of of pressure or or triggering um that they're experiencing mm. um crafts tends to be quite a common one especially uh um um things that occupy hands um um yeah. but again it's exploring those options and and experimenting that's really the the key there um Paige do you have anything to 
ads jump in? Yes. So, question. A question from me. So we've talked about sort of representation and how important it is. So one of my favourite questions to ask is always, do you have any favourite positive representations, or not even necessarily positive, but good, like something you, you agree with or you find to be a, uh, you know, a good example of either, you know, bisexuality, bioerasure, mental health, uh, CPTSD specifically, or sort of any any sort of representations of things that people could go and watch that you think would be valuable for somebody to learn a bit more from. Not sure on the PTSD one, I'll be honest. What mm -hmm. I usually direct people to is um, Mind's website. Um, Mind do actually have a good um, uh, kind of like A to Z of um, different mental health conditions, actually, that you can read upon. And they give it both from the perspective of kind of like trying to understand uh, someone with this condition and, you know, someone who has the condition and wants to understand more about themselves. Um, so yeah that's not um a video but um i f i find them quite helpful um myself um uh yeah cuz usually whenever ptsd's depicted it's usually war zones or some kind of sexual violence um and they're not the only ways that people can suffer from ptsd um i personally know people that have had ptsd from um you, you know needing emergency medical care because they were you know, like their uh, appendix had burst sorry my brain was like spleen no <laughs> pancreas no the other one i mean they could <laughs> be problematic if they burst so <laughs> yeah um uh or kind of like you know they've they've had a huge car accident or um they had um yeah I, i've even known people have ptsd because they've um miscarried um, so it's it's not a one size fits all um, kind of thing. So yeah, I, sadly for me, the only experience I've had is kind of like yeah, uh, in, in video format, uh, military stuff or sexual violence stuff, which not everyone wants to see, especially if that's been their trigger. Um, uh, in terms of bisexuality, um, as we mentioned, kind of like um, uh, Loki and and from the boys Maven. Um, uh, I'm not sure if the character is bisexual or not, um, but, uh, oh, balls, what have I been watching recently? I'm, again, this is where the forgetfulness comes in because I'm like, I can describe the show to you. I just can't remember yeah. what it's called. Um, it's okay. It's... I spent three days looking for a game that I remembered from 1995, uh, um, uh, because yeah. I was like, I remember what it's like. I can't remember its name or yeah. what it's about or what anyone's called or <laughs> just like thanks brain thanks very much yeah um, <laughs> as john just said in the chat like cat people but avatar that was the literally the description that i could <laughs> remember it happens no. don't worry about it <laughs> um yeah, the the show I'm thinking of it's on Netflix. Um, basically, it's like uh, the the main character is the Sun Summoner, and um, what's his face that played Prince Caspian is um, plays like the the Black Mage. 
in it or they Saddle basically people, that's the one thank you um yeah one of the um uh characters that's basically trying to do like the con um like there was just a kind of thing where he was supposed to be like hanging out and trying to um help them get into the palace and then like next thing you know he's having it off with the stable boy and i was like oh, okay nice surprise i'm glad that they're just <laughs> like you know there isn't there wasn't no this is what his orientation was it was just fun and i was like oh, okay that's nice to see um <laughs> um but yeah i i i'm really i'm really bad i tend to just watch like things like um my hero academia at the moment and um like, there's not a lot of bisexual representation in that <laughs> um i think i really liked um now we're going old school here like original sailor moon because i've not seen the new new version um but um saturn and uranus was quite a good representation for me um in terms of non-conventional relationship um and also the fact that um now i I think it was Saturn because I always get them both mixed up. But um, one of them was quite andro androgynous and probably would now be considered gender fluid. Um, mm. So for me, that was kind of quite nice. But then, yeah, the English dubbed version turned them into cousins. <sighs> yeah, Pokemon did that a lot as well. Did you know there's actually um, a transgender character in Pokemon? Was it, I think it was Sun and Moon? Um, because the direct translation of uh, of like... Black Belt was actually like um, a male-specific term, and so the character mm. in the uh, in the Japanese basically said, "Last year I was living as a man, and now I'm living as a woman. Life is funny, isn't it?" But in the uh, English translation, it just says, "Last year I was a black belt, and now I'm not." And it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from, but I think there was more to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It, was, it definitely amused the heck out of me, but things often get lost in translation, which is really annoying. That or they are slightly censored. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, particularly kind of like Western audiences are considered very prim and very Christian. It's just like, that. that's fine if that's your religion, but you don't need to censor everything just because you have mm. a more conservative view on life. So... Um, just as an aside, one of my favourites is... Um... Helsing, uh, the anime. Um, Alucard is both um, um, male and female. Um, switches as as wishes will sometimes appear as uh, um, uh, masculine, other times as uh, feminine, and uh, uh, I love that. And has is attracted to whoever and it's it's just so normal and it's brilliant mm. and i love it and uh, i mean for those who know my stream a lot of my alerts are from helsing um because i feel like alucard is like the um, embodiment of of uh um the representation that i want to see um mm. but yeah that one's a really good one definitely think <laughs> One of my favourites is the Umbrella Academy, which I think it portrayed people, which I loved. And I still think that mm. the best representation there was Klaus, who is, well, I'd say oh, probably yes. pansexual. Um, yeah. But there, there was just two scenes that I absolutely loved. Like, 
Um, one of the first times you're introduced to him, he's, he, well, he's just been very fucking high and is a bit hungover. And so it's just put on a dress that he's found in the house and he's just wearing that. And his, you know, technically younger brother walks up and just looks him up and down and goes, nice dress. And he's like, oh, thank you. And that's it. There's no mo yeah. mocking. There's no jokes. It's just like, well, that was nice. Like, obviously you could tell it was a little bit of a pointed joke, but th th there was nobody else taking the piss out of him for it. It was just mm. a thing. So that was sweet. And then there, there is, and unfortunately it is a tragic loss thing, but it does make sense within the story. It isn't, it doesn't just feel like they're kind of, you know, baiting by killing the gays in, in the story, but one the uh, like he does lose a partner in it. And one of his brothers says to him, oh, well, she must've been really special. And Klaus just looks back and goes, he was. And there's just this second of eye contact before it was like, well, he must've been very happy to have you then. It was like, yes. That's what we want. Just nobody's being, you know, weirdly homophobic. Like, yes, they made an assumption and immediately changed it yeah. because they got information. Brilliant, beautiful. That's what I want to see. That's that's a human conversation between people that give a shit. Umbrella Academy was really great. And I do love that the first time I watched an episode was after Elliot Page came out as as transgender, and I sat down to watch it, and it said, starring Elliot Page. Mm. immediately it all the titles have been updated like the second that announcement went out they were updated and i was like that's that's nice that's a real world thing of of actual care like that was that was damn good and yes i know i was a robot for a second but <laughs> it just it just shows yeah it shows class and it shows grace and understanding so in many different ways we've got one uh, audience question um from Kay, um, what can we do day to day to make life easier for you? Oh, again, it's kind of like swings and roundabouts. How long is a piece of string? Um, <laughs> uh, I, again, I kind of like, you know, me specifically is probably just check in. Am I all right? If I'm not all right, I'll say if I am, uh, you know. Either way, there there will be dialogue. Um, for for other people, um, you know, again, it's how how they they choose to navigate kind of their their mental health, I guess. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I I think I don't know. Is it is it an advantage having someone as as gobshitey as me around? I don't know. <laughs> So it's like, how are you? Fucking shit. <laughs> I love that to be fair. Like that is my that is my sentiment entirely. It's like I hate the whole, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm fine. fine. I'm not fine. I actually answered that to my uncle when he turned up to talk about the fact that my granddad had died the day before. Like I actually was like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm -mm. As baselines go, you know. Um. It's just the entire concept that it's been drilled into our heads to just be like, oh no, we're not going to bother anyone. We're fine. It's too complicated to answer, yeah, it's shit, or I'm having a bad day, or. 
Possibly because yeah. half the time, if like if a friend asked me how a thing is, I would probably tell them, you know, genuinely. But if a random family member asked me how I am, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, okay, well, I need to give you three years worth of backstory. So let's sit down and start. Like, so it all started about three years ago when I fell over, and then it, it's, it's, it's so much easier to just be like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, my my kind of like slightly less glossy version is like, eh. Not exactly, but I suppose I'll be okay. Um, mm. It is my, yeah, my edited version. I've switched um, to I'm existing. <laughs> because, I mean, if I'm having a good day, I'll tell you I'm having a good day. If I'm having yeah. a bad day, but I don't want to bother you with it, I'm going to say, I'm existing. And that gives you the option of whether or not you want to find out. Mm. But it's also not lying. It's not saying... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm great. Let's talk about happy things and pretend everything's hunky dory. Um, it's I don't know. I've I've always hated that entire concept. <laughs> yeah, same. I've always been like, why if I'm feeling like shit, I'm just gonna say. Um, maybe this is why people just think I'm odd. Um, because <laughs> I'm just like I can't be bothered with these games. <laughs> I think it's with it comes with age, like. <laughs> Thanks. Like the moment that I hit thirty, I was just like, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> I, yeah, I I think that there actually is some some kind of element to that because there is just a point where you just go, "Why am I like dancing around in these weird little circles? Why do I give a fuck what anyone else thinks?" You know, as as my tits head south, why not my why not my personality go north? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. I'm just like waves. Um, Hi. <laughs> All says good bros. <laughs> um, right. Um so we've come to the end of the podcast unless uh um say do you have any more questions or the audience has any more questions? I think I'm good on my end. Um I'd like to finish off with, have you got any last words for us? Any words of wisdom? Anything you'd like to say? Uh, I will probably just make sure that, you know, those that don't reiterate to themselves, it's okay to not be okay, um, probably should take that on board. Um, there is no shame in having mental health problems. Um, there is no shame in not fitting within a box in terms of your sexual orientation um but yeah I, I i think kind of like for me from my perspective and something that i'm starting to learn and embrace more every day is like as long as you're not upsetting anyone else um in a in a negative fashion you know if they want to have an opinion on who you are then they can get in the bin but you know just embrace who you are no no matter the kind of aspects of you as a person um so yeah you know as some people would say like let your freak flag fly because why hide yourself there's no point i can get behind that sentiment definitely mm. <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today Vane. and as always thank you Paige, for thank you for, for hosting with me um <laughs> Can, yeah, I mean, 
shout outs aren't going to work because the bot's broken. Um, Rude. If you could <laughs> post like um, the links, the Twitch links, then that would be great. <laughs> or if Fane just posts uh, one of our emotes into the chat, you can use that to link ah. directly to a channel. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, awesome. then you just... Well, um, thank you all for hanging out with us and listening to us talk shite. Uh... <laughs> Biggest shite talker here. Um, but yeah, th thank you for, for having me. Um, talking uh, kind of about the spoons thing before I did want to say to you both, uh, I, I really appreciate your patience and dealing with my lack of spoons and forgetfulness combined um <laughs> so yeah thanks for thanks for having having me on if there's anything that we know it's the lack of spoons <laughs> but no don't do not worry yourself it was a pleasure having you on um Paige is there anything that you'd like to say um before I do the sign off be good people and before you try and impress something on other people, try and decide if it's a you problem or a them problem. Um, okay. Well, thank you. Um, so thank you all. Uh, next stream will be on Sunday, where we'll be playing some more Final Fantasy. Um, if you'd like to keep in contact outside of stream, do follow us all on the Twitch Twitches and the Twitters and the Instagrams and... If you want to hang out outside of the stream, join the Discord um, where all the shenanigans happen. But yes, thank you all for joining us. I hope you had a good one. I hope you have a good weekend and I will see you soon. Say bye all. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.